when I really began to think about the future, I always wanted to be an attorney. Uh, and so that was really my pursuit all the way until I went to college and was getting ready to um, to graduate and um, had got accepted into law schools and the journey changed. Hello and welcome to Agnes Scott College's new podcast, Journeys to Leadership, where we will explore the paths of inspiring women leaders from around the globe. I'm Leo Zak, president of Agnes Scott and the host of this podcast. I hope that through these stories, you, our leaders of today and tomorrow, will not only be encouraged by our guests, but will also be inspired to take the next step in your own journey. Today's guest has had quite the journey. Born in Jamaica with over 20 years of experience in higher education and nonprofit management. She is the founder of Inside Out International, a nonprofit organization that offers leadership training and mentoring to emerging women leaders. She also has multiple degrees with a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology and History from Georgian Court, a Master's of Divinity with a concentration in counseling from Nyack College, and is completing her doctoral degree in higher education administration from Northeastern University. Please join me in welcoming the very accomplished and dynamic Karen Goff, Vice President for Student Life and Dean of Students at Agnes Scott College. Hello, Dean Goff. Welcome to Journeys to Leadership. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show. Hello, President Zach. What an awesome pleasure it is. I'm telling you the delight and the honor is all mine to be sitting here with you. Well, thank you so much. On Journeys to Leadership, we know that leadership doesn't just happen. It is a journey. During our time together today, we want to explore your journey, the ups, the downs, the surprises, all of it. Well, as much as we can fit in today's segment. <laughs> so let's just jump right in. Can you tell us a little bit of where you grew up and what that was like? Well, you know, I grew up in uh, Jamaica, West Indies, uh, in a rural town uh, called uh, Liberty, ironically. Uh, now, it is not the picturesque Jamaica that people are used to seeing on television that says, come back to Jamaica with the beach and you're running and all of that great stuff. Uh, I'm really the product of farmers. Uh, my grandmother actually used to sell uh, things at the market. And I remember coming home from school and I wanted to hide because I didn't want everyone to know my grandmother was at the market. But as I have um, grown older, I have just learned how to appreciate just the simplicity um, of how I uh, grew up, uh, the sense of community. Where I grew up in Jamaica, there wasn't a lot of um, that kind of individualism that um, we're known for, especially in the United States. Uh, it was really very communal and we took care of each other. Um, and so it was just very fundamental. My early beginnings, um, my grandfather was a World War II veteran actually and um, was uh, blinded. So I grew up with uh, uh, my grandparents, my grandfather who was visually um, impaired, uh, my grandmother who was just such an amazing, uh, awesome, strong woman, and uh, my mom. And ironically, my father passed when I was only a young girl, around two years old. Uh, and so when I look at the combination of just how I grew up, 
uh, in this kind of community, very nurturing, always had very strong role models, especially my mom and my grandmother, always pushing me to be my best. Um, it's very, it's very much been a part of my journey uh, to, to leadership. Well, you talk about being part of a community and also coming from an environment where your grandmother was at the market, etc. What did you dream about being when you were growing up? Oh, that's fascinating. I, you know, I wanted every other week, my mom would tell you it changed. But um, when I really began to think about the future, I always wanted to be an attorney. Uh, and so that was really my pursuit all the way until I went to college and was getting ready to, um, to graduate and, um, had got accepted into law schools and the journey changed. Um, and I ended up going on to get a master of divinity because I had just started asking some really big questions. And it was, um, a friend of mine whom I was just, I just had all these very big existential questions, he would call them. And he jokingly said to me, you know what, Karen, I really think you should go to seminary because you ask a lot of questions and I can't answer these questions for you. And so I changed course and, um, ended up uh, going on to do my graduate studies, uh, in theology and concentrating on, uh, pastoral counseling. It seems like one of the themes is change. So you, in addition, changed from that path to one to student affairs. So how did that decision come about? Oh, student affairs found me, is what I tell people. Um, I didn't even know there was a career <laughs> in student affairs. But what I have been able to see, as you discovered, is look for the patterns in my life as a leader. And... Um, one of the things I realized as I graduated from grad school, I started to realize that women were not in uh, many of the places that I would find myself sitting at the table making decisions leading. Um, and that just really began to bug me. Um, and so I really just began this uh, path again of exploration. And I asked myself some critical questions. I, realized, I asked myself, what were you most passionate about? And I realized that I was most passionate about women in leadership. And then the next question I asked myself, where could you find that? And the natural place for me was in a college setting. And so again, I began to embark upon that journey of uh, moving from my nonprofit um, job that I had uh, working for a great organizational impact international um, and said, you know what? I think I'm going to go follow my passion about uh, empowering women, um, young women primarily in leadership. And so I ended up back at my alma mater. They were starting a women in leadership development program. And the job that I actually interviewed for, they literally said to me, we think you're going to be bored with that job. Uh, this is something that we're starting from the ground up and we would love for you to take it to the next level. And so that's actually how I ended up in student affairs. Well, you talk about these experiences you've had. Who inspired you? Oh, I have so many people uh, that have inspired me on my leadership journey. Um, you know, I was always very hungry for um, knowledge and acquiring information and making things better. And one of the things I've said to, uh, you know, people as I've spoken over the years, I've always had exceptional mentors. And I realized just how much of a difference that has made in, in me um, and with me on this journey. 
I had an amazing mentor, Dr. Martin Sanders, um, and I often tell even my own team this today, who very early on when I was in graduate school said to me, you know, you are naturally gifted, uh, but there's some other things that I want you to focus on as you, you, you know, you continue in your journey. And he emphasized the importance to me of character and integrity, which never left me. And so he was just one of those crucial mentors to me that really uh, forced me to look at leadership, not just as the skills that you acquire on the outside, but who you were as a person, who were you when nobody else was looking and to really deal with um, the congruence of how I showed up on the outside, but also making sure that those things matched um, internally. And then I had another, um, specifically to student affairs, my previous supervisor, um, Evelyn Quinn, uh, one of the most dynamic women I have ever met. And she literally took me under her wings and she saw for me things I didn't see for myself. Um, you know, earlier on in my career, I mean, I'm just getting started in student affairs and she's already taking me to conferences, introducing me to people, putting me on the spot to, um, to speak publicly, which I used to hate. I used to say, don't do that, I need to prepare. Um, and I didn't understand what she was doing at that time, but she was really preparing me. And so I would have to say in terms of my career in student affairs, she was probably the most um, instrumental. And in terms of my development, my personal life as a leader, I would say Dr. Martin Sanders. You make a wonderful point about the value of a mentor. And often people say, if only I had a mentor, I want a mentor. How did these mentorships come about? Did you reach out to them? Did they reach out to you? How did these relationships develop? I think in my case, they reached out to me. I don't even think they said to me, I'm going to mentor you. It was just one of those natural kind of uh, relationships where the synergy, the chemistry was just right. And there are people that I have seen where, you know, I might admire and I will approach those people. Maybe it's a given area, a given skill or something I need to learn more about. And I will approach um, those individuals. But in, in terms of these two people, I think they saw in me something that I didn't necessarily see in myself. And they just came alongside me and without telling me they were mentoring me, uh, asked me the right questions, challenged me when I needed to be challenged, gave me stretch assignments. Um, you know, there's another mentor I had that really taught me a lot about organization and systems, and that's Dr. David Ireland. And so I've had these people who have kind of come into my life and without saying, I'm going to mentor you, or I think you need mentoring, uh, just recognize that I had something greater and they thought um, I could make great contributions to the world and in their own way uh, positioned me uh, to be able to make that kind of difference. What motivates you now that you've received this mentorship that so many people believe in you? What motivates you towards success? Oh, what motivates me towards success? You know, I have even on my social media platform, uh, there's a line I just came up with, and um, it says, living on purpose, making a difference. And my whole life for me is about making a difference in the lives of others. Um, and primarily for me, I am very focused and have always been um, on young women. 
it's um, it's one of the areas where I still think, as we are starting Women's uh, History Month, I've always felt like women were significantly underrepresented. And I've seen so many times where we try to put women in these boxes or put uh, limits on what they can do. And so what inspires me is being in a position to be able to make a difference uh, in other young women's life, in anybody's life really, but particularly uh, young women and allow them to see um, the same things in themselves that they may not yet see that uh, my mentors were able to see in me. Well, what is it that has surprised you about yourself? It, it's probably gonna come as a shock for a lot of people, but one of the things that has really surprised me is I'm not as much as an extrovert as people think I am. Um, you know, my mom calls me a selective extrovert. I realize that um, I crave alone time and I crave times of solitude and um, silence to be able to sit still where I feel like I can hear my thoughts and reflect a lot. And I think that's something that has um, surprised me. And part of it might just be the journey of maturing over time. And so um, I think it has come as a surprise to me and also to other people who really know me, just how much time I like to spend in quiet, uh, reflecting and reading and learning. Um, I'm always in my head. And, uh, and that's, that surprises me a little bit. Speaking about learning, how do you learn about leadership? Where do you look for it? Oh, I'm always everywhere. <laughs> I look for the lesson in leadership everywhere. Uh, I'll give you just a quick story. And I know we only have a short time, but I was talking to a friend the other day. And as we were just talking through, the friend said to me, Karen, do you realize that you're always teaching? And I said, I am? And he said, yes. Even in the smallest things, you might not realize this, but you're always trying to make things better. You're always trying to impart something. And I said, oh, you're right. I need to pay attention to that. Maybe I shouldn't do that as much. So when you, you talk about uh, learning from leadership, I have so many places. I look up books. I, I am on uh, the internet, even in my doctoral studies, I'm drawn to the books about leadership, whether it's leadership in the organizational context or systems. I learn leadership from observing. I love watching people in leadership. Um, I learn what not to do as well as what to do. Um, I learn leadership, honestly, from my mom. My mom is one of my greatest uh, sources of inspiration. She, she's what I call my truth teller. And so um, just being able to watch how she leads uh, from this very quiet place, but has tremendous influence. And she doesn't necessarily lead from the front. She has a way of being able to get her point across in just such a diplomatic way. So I'm always like observing and saying, mom, you do that so well. Uh, teach me that. <laughs> so I, I look for, I just look for the opportunities to learn about leadership, whether I'm in a formal classroom setting or it's just informally or looking at the biographies of, um, you know, other great people. Uh, one of my admirers when I was an undergraduate was Shirley Chisholm. Uh, you know, and so I actually did my senior thesis uh, on Shirley Chisholm. You know, I look at people 
you know, like Oprah Winfrey, her ability and her mastery of uh, communication. Um, you know, I read books all the time. You're good to great. You're Simon, you know, you're, you're why, those kind of things. So I'm always looking, always looking to see how I can grow and, um, and learn. Speaking of looking, as you look toward the future, what do you see as exciting in the future for women? Oh, exciting for women in the future. Well, how about we start with the fact that we have the first uh, women vice president of the United States and a woman of color uh, in Kamala Harris. And so I think, um, you know, when I look for the future, I see people like her and I think it sends a strong message to girls and to young women that you can, in fact, you know, shatter uh, this, uh, this invisible ceiling. You know, Hillary Clinton did a great job of, of starting to put some cracks in there, as people would say. And I'm very hopeful. I, I, I really do. I, I believe uh, largely, and it's a quote that I had read, that, you know, you educate a woman and you change the whole world. I still believe that there are a lot of underrepresented women and girls uh, throughout the globe. And, and that is always on my mind. And how do we continue to make impact? And I'll just bring it home to say, I am most inspired at Agnes Scott. When I see our studies and the things that these young adults are doing, I'm blown away. I'm inspired. I was even just talking with your fellow earlier, uh, Sydney, and I said, I'm just amazed. They're innovators, they're advocates, they're on the front lines, they're making the changes. And so when I see that, I'm hopeful and I'm inspired for the future. Dingoff, it's such a pleasure having you on the show. Are there any last words of encouragement or advice you'd like to give to our listeners? I, I would just say to our listeners, you know, I love uh, the title for this podcast, Journeys to Leadership. And to let you know just that. It is not a destination. It's not a place that you arrive. It really is a journey and to enjoy the journey and that you can learn from anything and you can learn from anyone. And so always have a posture of, um, of humility and the, the willingness to remain teachable and pliable, not always thinking that you've arrived because in fact, leadership is a journey. And as long as you're on this journey, there's always going to be something uh, to learn. And finally, my advice is don't make it about yourself. Leadership is about people and it's about serving others and making a difference in other people's lives. Dingolf, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. To our listeners, I hope you were encouraged and inspired. Dingolf's journey is one of the many that we can't wait to share with you. Thank you for joining us. I also want to thank our producer, Sydney Perry, for making this podcast possible. I'm Leo Kadia Zak, and this is Journeys to Leadership. Looking for more content? Check out Leading Everywhere, the Agnes Scott College podcast, a show that shares the stories of the campus community students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.